0: Welcome to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic Jason Kong with you good Saturday morning to you and good Saturday morning to you Bill how are you doing
1: Ah good morning Jason doing good You uh Kevin fever uh of course, still of raging course, for you yes. okay uh, you know I'm I'm with everybody else as far as that goes I mean yeah we're we're ready to get out um but well and and I know that that folks are probably expecting me to to start uh, ranting on about this uh, pandemic and (laughs) all that good stuff and you know the truth is I I do uh, uh, hope everyone is safe and keeping their distance and we all know this thing's going to last longer than we want it to and we just have to be resilient we have to be patriotic we have to do our duty and keep our families safe and and thank those uh, who are out there uh, doing what needs to be done so that we can put uh, food on the table and, and um, get the care we need. So anyway, uh, I, I, you know, there are lots of celebrities out there uh, doing the thank you things, and, and I'm delighted for them, too. Uh, but, you know, we do the best we can.
0: We, we do, and we, uh, we need to protect ourselves and our neighbors. And, you know, if that means staying at home a little bit longer, then, hey, it's what we got to do, and we'll get
1: through it. Well, you know, even after things open up, and hopefully within a couple weeks uh, more, uh, <laughs> we'll be able to do a few things that we used to be able to do. Um, I, I know we're all hopeful for that, Um but anyway, I, I thought uh, that, that uh, to people's delight that I would uh, try to talk uh, with, within the scope of things that I really know something about. Well, <laughs> let's do that, Bill. We're going to be talking about planning, estate
0: planning, uh, what happens when there's no estate planning, maybe bad estate planning, simple planning, and a. a Good plan based on well, family. Uh,
1: true. I, I would like um, to really put estate planning into perspective, you know, because truthfully, most people procrastinate about doing any planning at all. It's like, well, I'll get around to it someday or, you know, maybe next month, next year, next 10 years. <laughs> you know, and truthfully, the procrastination issue is is the biggest Mistake that people make by not, you know, just putting it off thinking, well, we're we're uh, immortal, uh, we'll never get sick, we'll never have a problem, so we'll just wait until we know we're going to have a problem later and then fix it, you know, a few minutes before – we know we're going down. <laughs> How about that, you think that'll work? <laughs> uh, that, I, I can imagine that doesn't work very well for okay. most Okay, so anyway, it's like I, I really uh, want to uh, discuss what result you get from no planning at all for those really bad procrastinators versus bad planning and, and bad planning is where you put some things haphazardly into a plan. You might write your own will. <laughs> that's real. I some real bombshells in here. Um, versus what I call simple planning. In other words, I just want basic docs. I don't want to spend a bunch of money. I just want basic docs. Give me those and I'll be fine. And that's can be okay for some people but it's not for many folks and then what we call good planning you know planning that is for the good of your family for the that's based on the needs of your family as opposed to pushing you into a box where you have to take somebody else's plan as your plan for your family so anyway Let's talk about those issues. And, you know, when, when you're really looking at estate planning, there are a lot of tentacles, uh, but it falls into a couple ways to look at it, you know, because uh, I'll, I always believe that life planning, you know, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we take care of our families during our lifetimes is the most difficult Part of planning. And of course, that incorporates uh, financial planning, it incorporates insurance planning, it incorporates your legal plans, how you own title to your property. A lot of folks don't realize how important that is. Um, And then the death part of planning. And a lot of folks think estate planning is simply how do I dispose of my estate upon my death? Who do I want my property to go to? And there are simple ways for that to occur. And, and there's more sophisticated ways for that to occur. But the, the issue is uh, that death planning is always easy. I mean, if you really get down to it, it it's uh, unless you want to formulate how to protect your family, then it, then it there's some tentacles involved in that. But the life planning, you know, how do we take care of ourselves, is a big part of it, and uh, a big part of estate planning or good estate planning. But you can, you can break things down, um, for instance, into uh, health issues, uh, and financial issues, and, and uh, or property issues, and so with health. Issues. There, there are some basic health care documents. Um, and truthfully, most of those documents will work. They're based on statutory forms, if you will, but those forms can be changed. They they can some are better than others. Uh, there's no question about that. But if you I mean, now, what health care documents am I talking about? The most important is your health care power of attorney. That is the document where you name an agent, a person who can make decisions for your health when you cannot communicate yourself what you would like yourself. So you appoint a trusted person to make those decisions for you. Um, and they have the legal authority to do that. And then, oftentimes, the better documents will also appoint an alternate. You know, okay, if your primary can't be there, you know, because they're dead, dead, or disabled, or not available, then there's somebody else that can make that decision. So, but you've appointed them in that document, and and then that document has can be broadly. Uh, interpreted to give your agent any decision that needs to be made, or it can, by your own intentions, be limited in some way uh, or fashion, you know. And obviously, some folks, for religious reasons or uh, because of personal experience, they actually want their agent not to be able to consent to certain types of procedures, or they want certain things to happen Uh, at their death, you know, those kinds of things. And then you've got two other health care documents that are very important. And again, they're fairly straightforward. There are better ones uh, than others, but you have what's called an advanced directive for natural death. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, It's a very limited document. That's one that lots of folks get confused with medical orders that can be far more aggressive But an advanced directive, sometimes called a living will, in other states it's called a living will. Uh, There are a number of states that call it advanced directives, but it's the same thing as a living will, and it's a directive to your doctor, not to your family, but a directive to your doctor on not using life support or taking you off of life support in extraordinarily dire, hopeless situations, and only in those situations, and again... Those documents can be edited to be f- focused on you and, and exactly what it is that you want. But if you have one, it's a heck of a lot better than not having one. And then there's a third medical document or healthcare document, and that's simply a one page or simple document that's what we call a medical release that complies with the federal HIPAA law. That's pretty straightforward. All right. So those are the three. Uh, and the HIPAA document can be a little broader than just giving your healthcare agent the ability to talk to your doctors and receive your private health care information. It actually, um, and, and in most of the cases, it will include your health care agent. But you can also include other family members that might be, want, might be um, there. Uh, wanting to talk to the doctor in the hospital and things like that, that without that HIPAA release, they really wouldn't be able to talk to you legally. Uh, Now, most doctors are kind enough to where (laughs) they will talk to you, but there's some limitations in terms of what they can actually tell you and whether you're entitled to it or not. And um, uh, so, you know, if you don't have those documents then your health care providers are very limited in terms of, you know, there, there, are, uh, there is a subset of medical standards where they will initially go to a spouse or to a child, uh, sometimes to a sibling, but they have an order. But even when they can get some decisions made, the options are very limited in terms of what they – without the legal documents – uh, the healthcare care professionals are very limited in terms of what they can allow a spouse or other person to decide when it comes to your health. So, you know, very important documents to have, um, and everyone should have them. Young people, old fit folks, everybody in between should have those documents. So that's the simple side. Uh, Then there's another document that can be important today, and the young people should know all about this, and we call these a digital release because everybody with a computer or a smartphone has digital assets. And if you don't have a digital release, those custodians of that uh, cloud-based or online stuff that you've got uh, are very protective of your information, as they should be. So in order to give your uh, agent the ability to access that document, again, you have to have a digital release document that's signed by you to give them that authority. Now, those are the easy ones. All right. That's not the more difficult ones. I mean, and so I, I know we need to take a break, but. Then we, when we come back, we need to talk about the essential life documents want beyond health care. In other words, those are those financial and asset documents, and guess what those are. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We will get to those in just a bit. Stick around. You're
0: listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking all about estate planning right now. And Bill, uh, you're kind of breaking down what... Uh, the various perspectives of estate planning look like. We were just talking about the uh, health care legal documents, but uh, there's there's a couple other documents that I'm sure people are saying, hey, what about
1: these? Well, well truthfully, most people, when they think of estate planning, they're really not thinking about health care and decisions like that. They're, they're really thinking about how to I deal with my property, my businesses, my real estate, my bank accounts, my investment accounts, my retirement accounts. Uh, How do we deal with that? What's the best way to deal with those kinds of things? How do we protect our property? How do we... Um, have our property titled and organized and for best to suit us best and suit our children and grandchildren best. In other words, how do we take care of all everybody? How do we take care of ourselves, our spouse, and our family? So um, the, the two or three documents that really come into play here, and, you know, folks have heard me talk about this uh, for years— But you have a general, durable power of attorney. And what everyone needs to know is that that particular document comes in as many flavors as you can possibly imagine. Uh, Every attorney has their own form And they're not alike, you know. uh, Now you have what's called a statutory short form power of attorney, which most attorneys actually use that form, and that's a transactional document. It's not one that uh, most folks can use effectively to protect your property. And guess what? Most people want out of a financial power of attorney. They (laughs) they want to be able to protect their property, and most powers of attorney out there. Don't really give an agent enough authority to do that. So you have this competing interest in terms of giving your agent enough authority to protect your property, uh, and not be. And the other side of that coin is, well, if you give somebody that kind of authority, they can take advantage of it. So. Uh, And that's a true thing. Even though the agent is a fiduciary, a fiduciary can break or breach that uh, fiduciary rule uh, without going to jail most of the time. And that's... Uh, so it, if you're going to give authority to an agent, it has to be a person that you trust, that you absolutely trust, that, that a person that will always do what you want them to do or to do what's in your best interest. That's a key thing in any kind of fiduciary role. So, and you don't want to make a bad decision when it comes to who do you, who do you trust. But in, in my role as an asset protection planner, um, I don't use a short-form power of attorney very often. The only time I would use something like that is where there's a lack of trust in the family or a dysfunctional family where I, I don't have the kind of agent uh, that is needed for asset protection planning. Uh, so my documents look far, far different, uh, and we use what's called, in most cases, an advanced general durable power of attorney that gives very broad powers to our agent. But that's where you have a, uh, an absolutely trustworthy agent to take care of things so that you know uh, the best result will occur uh and of course most of the time families need professional advice on how to use that document effectively uh, when uh, uh there are issues that uh need to be addressed okay and then you have a last will and testament uh which is the the uh document that that the majority of folks use if they do estate planning uh And you can have a simple one, or you can have something that's more complex, something that's more useful. Uh, And, or you can add on trust-based planning, which of course I do a lot of that, Uh, revocable trust-based planning, irrevocable trust-based planning. And most trust-based planning is so you can fine-tune for your family uh, what may be in their best interest in terms of not only what to give them, but how to give it to them, when to give it to them, what strings are attached, how do you protect them. Uh, and there are an awful lot of things that you can do with your will and your trust, uh, in order to, to, uh, fine-tune how your legacy goes to your spouse and to your children. And of course, as you know, uh, Many families are far more complex today than in the past. it's It's not unusual for folks to be married more than once uh, to have children and stepchildren. Very common. Um, sometimes uh, folks, uh, you know there are folks out there that skew the numbers and or they're married three or four or five times. <laughs> so you know, they're planning. It has to be a little more complex or should be more complex in most cases because it's not only a question of how to, how do you protect your spouse but it's also a matter of how do you protect your children by a prior marriage uh, and, and those kinds of things so those are all issues and then you have bad planning uh, and so and and I'll give you a story real quick I know we have to take a break soon But uh, we had a client not uh, long ago who basically had their property titled certain ways, and title is really important in planning. You know, when you do a plan, you should always review how do you own your property, and that's something that most attorneys don't do for their clients. Title is huge, but this fellow wanted he didn't want to go to a lawyer, so he wrote out his own last will and testament or he thought he did and of course uh in order to do that you have to you can do it but it's pretty scary because number one you might not meet the test uh of having a last will and testament or your intentions may not be very clear they they might be clear to you but they're not clear to anybody else (laughs) You know, that's what the, law, the, the role of a good lawyer is actually to be able to draft documents for you, whether it's a will or a trust, that clearly sets out your primary intentions in terms of how to take care of yourself, how do you take care of your spouse, how do you take care of your kids, And clearly sets out your secondary what ifs. You know, what if this happens and I want that to occur and the like. And the contingency planning is also an important part of good drafting. Well, a lot of folks think that they can set things out clearly, but more folks um, fail that test than not. And that's one of the reasons that an an attorney is, is really important to you. But anyway... We had a fella who, had, he was married, second marriage, had children by previous marriage. Both were estranged children. In other words, they had turned against their dad. They, the wife had a son by previous marriage who was very close to both uh, spouses. Well... Dad also, after he had married his second wife, had purchased some real estate in his own name. In other words, his wife's name was not on that property. And guess what? He wanted the property to go to his wife and to his stepson if his wife or when his wife died, if she survived him. Very clear, did not want anything to go to his Uh, children by his first wife who he had no relation with relationship with at all so he wrote out this will well guess what it wasn't probated in other words the clerk would not accept it because it didn't meet the test set out in north carolina statutes so he died in essence without a will Well, the state always has a will for those who don't have a will, and it's called intestacy or intestate succession. And when you have intestate succession, your property goes partly to your spouse and partly to your children. And he had two children by his first wife. And so guess what? His wife inherited one-third, and his children that that were estranged, Inherited two thirds of his property, including his real estate. So clearly his intentions were not met at all. And then he had hoped that his stepchild would get everything, but guess what? The stepchild ended up getting the one third that his mother inherited, and that was it. So in essence, his planning was bad planning and obviously it could have been avoided but um so you have two things going on here you have how does title how you own your property how does that affect things and then you have bad planning that can result or no planning because sometimes bad planning is the same thing as no planning or sometimes it's even worse than no planning so anyway there you go (laughs) <laughs> yep. you, you
0: want to see a professional when it comes to getting this taken care of. You don't want to have a situation like that where you thought you were taking care of yourself and your family, but you were actually not doing that. Get professional advice. Schedule an appointment to see Bill. Call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Or go online to WGA Law. That's WGALaw.com. There you can schedule an appointment to see Bill, view all the services that he provides, or you can register for the May seminar coming up in uh, not too far away on Wednesday, May 13th. That's a great way to schedule uh, a a free chance to see Bill's webinar, which we'll be doing. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that right after this break. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. Bill, we're talking all about estate planning, and I want to get back to that in just a bit. But I do want to remind everyone that uh, we've got uh, some seminars coming up around the corner. And in May, these will be happening on Wednesday, May 13th. And they're going to be webinars again, Bill.
1: They will. I mean, we're dealing with the pandemic. And uh, so we can't get together like we would enjoy. I mean, I, I love my face-to-face meetings. But uh, uh, and uh, we did webinars last month, and they were very, very successful. And we're um, looking for another crowd uh, this month. The funny thing was that – now, we do it on Zoom, and so you have to have uh, an email address so that we can send you the information to go online on Zoom. And it's a lot of fun, but the bad thing for me was that even though Zoom is one of those um, uh, technologies where everybody should be able to see everybody else, um, they could see me, but nobody turned on their video (laughs) – I'm not a single person, so I couldn't see a fa- I don't know if they were in their pajamas or their skivvies or what, <laughs> but nobody turned on their cameras, so I couldn't see them. I I, I hope uh, my my folks who attend my webinar this next time will be kinder to me, so I can at least uh, see them, uh, so we can see each other. But these are live webinars, and folks can ask questions and uh, and the like. Um, uh, and, of course, we're having our two different seminars. We have our, our uh, first – our morning seminar will be on long-term care, Medicaid, veterans' benefits, and the like. Uh, how to – in other words, how to be eligible for Medicaid and how do you protect your property if you go on Medicaid. Uh, because you have the Medicaid estate recovery issues. And then the VA benefits, of course, are extremely important to veteran families as well. And, of course, we're all VA-accredited attorneys uh, and, and can help folks with veterans' benefits too. So that's the morning seminar. And then the afternoon seminar will be based on our, our trust-based planning and our asset protection theories and how that works and, um, you know, that's what I'm known for in, around the state is how to protect your property. And so uh, that afternoon seminar will be, be based on asset protection and, and trusts and how all of that intersects uh, to take care of you. It's extremely valuable
0: information, and you can get some of it for free. You just got to register. Go online to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button, WGALaw.com. Dot com Or you can call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. Well, Bill, let's get back to estate planning because
1: uh, that's the topic at hand. Well, I was having fun talking about bad planning. And there's a second set of bad planning. Um, and, and that has to do with how you own your property. So many folks don't realize that how you own your property often trumps simple planning, simple estate planning. It trumps your will. A lot of folks think that your last will and testament covers everything. And so no matter what you own, your will is going to cover it. And guess what? Your will, for the most part, depending on how you own your property, is a cleanup document. It's, in other words... How you own your property will trump your will, uh, and so it's uh, how you title your property. Title to property means everything in estate planning. So, again, when you do a will or a trust, you should review how you own your property and how how your title affects, in a significant way, your planning. So it has to be done together. It's really important. I mean, think about it. Most folks in a first marriage own the majority of their property together. They own it jointly. So when you go to the bank and you, own, uh, and you open a joint banking account, guess what? The bank sets it up the way the bank wants it set up. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not. But most often, it's going to be a joint account with rights of survivorship. When you go to the investment uh, advisor, uh, and typically first marriage, it's going to be a joint account, and it's going to be set up the way the financial institution wants it set up on your behalf. And again, most of the time, it's going to be get joint with right of survivorship, and that's okay depending on what your goals are and how you want things to, to uh, uh, go at your death. I mean, it, you know, certainly a joint account during your lifetime works in terms of having access to your money and investments and being able to save and spend and invest. That, that's good. But it may not make a good plan for you at your death, depending on what your goals are, depending on whether you're sick, whether your spouse is sick, uh, whether long-term care is necessary. Medicaid can raise its ugly head uh, and destroy people uh, and, and uh, in a way if they don't get good financial and legal advice at the right time. And, you know, uh, as people are thinking about this pandemic and the financial losses that they have endured um, for a lot of folks, I just want to put it in perspective, those families that are suffering from long-term care issues, I want your hearts to go out to these folks because their issues are 10 times worse than anybody suffering from the pandemic. I mean, okay, maybe you're not working right now. You've lost your job or you're only working part-time or you're only getting partial pay. But the fact is, we're going to recover from that. You know, folks with long-term care issues, it just gets worse and worse and worse. There's no coming back from it uh, in most cases. And financially, it's far more devastating because it puts a, a, a huge financial burden on you. You know, how many families out there have the ability to pay five, six, seven, eight, thousand dollars a month? every month, no matter what. I mean, for most of us, you'll run out of money in less than a year, and for some folks, in less than a few months. So it really uh, is important to understand how those kinds of things impacts uh, everything else. But again... The issue is, you know, you buy life insurance, you uh, set up beneficiary designations, you buy an annuity, you set up beneficiary designations, you have retirement accounts, which is a big asset, you have beneficiary designations, uh, and, you know, people can do those differently. And so you have to know what you have and how it's done and how it relates to your other planning how you buy your real estate. You know, when I was talking about this fellow who did his own will that screwed up and didn't do it right and the clerk would not probate the will, if he had his ne- his wife's name on that piece of real estate that he owned, then she would have inherited it from him by what's called tenancy by the entireties. But he never put her name on it, even though they were married at the time— that he acquired this property. Now, the same thing can happen to lots of folks because they inherit property when their parents die. That you know, your spouse doesn't inherit from your parents when your parents die. So let's say they they leave you the farm to you and your brother, well, or you and your siblings. Same kind of thing happens. You know, your spouse's name is not on there if you don't you know, depending on your family situation, if you don't have good planning in place, then the state has planning in place for you, and so what happens to that farm may be very different than what you want to happen to the farm. So that's, uh, and of course, uh, family dynamics are everything in planning. That's that's really what it boils down to.
0: And again, that's where it helps having a professional involved to help mediate and navigate those waters. And uh, as you were talking about long-term care earlier, Bill, that's another great reason why folks should schedule uh, uh, and attend your webinars coming up this Wednesday, or excuse me, Wednesday, May 13th. That's a, a great chance for you to find more information. Go to wga Law.com, click on the seminars button, WGALaw.com, or you can call 919 919- 256-7000. 919-256-7000. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or register to attend for free Bill's webinars. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And Bill, we're talking all about estate planning and uh, last week we we talked about some important documents as well and it comes when it comes to trusts and uh, asset protection and that's no different when it comes to estate planning as well
1: well no no question about it and and I hope that uh, folks will tune in into our webinar particularly as, as it relates to trusts and asset protection planning. Um, Obviously, the ones who are looking for long-term care issues, um, that's a (laughs) no-brainer. But, you know, the only thing folks need is uh, an email address where we can send them the information to to, – Get online with us uh, at the appropriate time, which is – now, I'll I'll also tell folks this is absolutely free. There's no cost to our webinars or seminars when, you know, hopefully we'll be back to our seminars face-to-face in June. But uh, we're going to stick with webinars until we're allowed to do otherwise. And uh, the some, the webinars are right at about an hour and a half of time. And, of course, that's something that most of us have a lot of these days. Uh, and, of course, it's second Wednesday of each month is when we do our things. And so it'll be the, what would we say, the 13th, the 13th that's of correct. May. Uh, so we look forward to you. So you just need to contact us so we can send you the information information. Um, to be able to co- go on our Zoom, uh, that's the application we're using uh, to do the webinars, and it's a it's a good application, and we hope a lot of folks will join us. Well, last week we uh, at the t- towards the end, we, I was talking about the intersection of um, trusts and wills and annuities. Okay, and because uh, in a last will and testament you know a lot of folks you know when I talk about a simple will which works for a lot of families what's a simple I call those sweetheart wills for the most part and that's a will that says I leave everything to my spouse and then equally to my children and there's some good in that and there's some bad in that depending on what your circumstances are and if you've been married for 60 years and you have a simple situation and nobody's sick and everybody's good, that works. Um, and so um, that, that is a plan that still works for some families. But what if it's a second marriage or a third marriage and there's children by prior marriages? Then that kind of plan may not work well for you. Because uh, if you leave everything to your spouse under those circumstances, then your children by previous marriage, assuming that you have a wonderful, loving family and your children uh, are part of your life and you want them to inherit, well, guess what? If you leave everything to your spouse directly, then your children probably or may not get anything. There's certainly no guarantee that, that, that they will get anything. Uh, after your surviving spouse moves on. And so that those are issues that you can address in estate planning. Um, so uh, now, let's say you've been married for 65 years, and you're in your late 80s, and both of you are not doing well. You're both sick. Um, you're both um Uh, a, a fall away from going to the hospital and being in a nursing home and the like. And you have a good bit of property. Well, this is where you can change that simple will and create a trust for your spouse that is asset protected. Remember, that's what I do, asset protection. And so that way if your spouse what happens with so many folks they struggle to take care of each other and when one dies the survivor needs assistance they need help they can't stay at home any longer because they don't have the ability to take care of themselves as they could when they had a little help from their spouse so now the spouse is gone and If you need assistance then, then all of your assets are at risk unless, again, we have been able to change the planning documents, create a trust. So at the first death, everything fell into a protected trust for the survivor. And that works well with Medicaid. A lot of folks don't realize that you can do a Medicaid asset protection trust at your death for your spouse that is completely protected, doesn't have the five-year look-back rule apply to it, there's no sanction or penalty for it. So this is one of our big tools that we use frequently in appropriate cases to do Medicaid planning for families. And it's, it's something that so many people miss out on the opportunity. You can't do it after you die. (laughs) It has to be done during your lifetime, but you can you can protect your spouse and you can protect your children. You can protect a special needs child the same way. You can you can do so much in a will with a trust. Now, let's say uh, that you know I was talking a little bit. Let's say you have a, a, a. Uh, a child who doesn't have good management skills we we call them spenders (laughs) you know they're spendthrifts they can't hold on to a nickel it burns a hole in their pocket we've heard these stories we know about these children i have one (laughs) so what i'm getting at is is there A less expensive way. In other words, you might be out there thinking, I don't have enough property to um, justify creating a trust that goes on, okay? Well, this this is the intersection where annuities can be useful. In other words, you don't want your children to, or that type of child, or let's say that instead of being a spendthrift, the child has an addiction problem. You know, those same kind of things. You don't want to give them a big chunk of money to blow that'll be gone in a few months. And so instead, that's where you can direct, in your will, an executor to purchase a a lifetime annuity for a child and give the executor discretion as to what kind of annuity to do, those kinds of things. That works. And so then the child ends up with an income stream that they can't really blow, and that's what you're concerned about. And so they actually do get the benefit of the inheritance without it damaging them. Um, and, it, and it also uh, solves a big problem. So that's where – now, if, if there's more uh, money and assets involved – you can use a trust in your will, or you can create a, a, a revocable trust, a trust that—what we call a living trust, a trust that's separate from your will, and it coordinates with your will, and that, even, that gives you even more options for really good, unique planning for your family. And so, obviously— Uh, For You don't necessarily know which one works best for your situation without seeing a good professional uh, who can put it all together for you. And, of course, I want you to come see me. That's right. Go see Bill. (laughs) Call him. Schedule an appointment. 919-256-7000.
0: 919-256-7000. Or online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Dot com. Go there. You can also register for the webinars coming up on May 13th. All you need is an email address. It's free to attend and get uh, a wonderful seminar from Bill. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I hope you enjoyed the program today as we discussed estate planning. If you need someone to help you out with your plan, get a hold of Bill. Schedule an appointment. Call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. Or go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. To schedule an appointment, you can also click on the seminars button to register for free for the seminars coming up on May 13th. You can find plenty of information there. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. That's really a great opportunity for anyone who's uh, been thinking about, man, I really should get out to one of Bill's seminars. Well, now you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Just head over to wgalaw.com. Com. We are out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again next week for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a great weekend.